Last name Manticore, first name the. Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, where you have to take risk to have an adventure. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Tom Holland. I mean, Grace. (laughs) We got a celebrity on the show. (laughs) Moving up in the world. In the midst of uh, social isolation, we are back to podcasting. Because we haven't released an episode since, like, November. Grad school. Holy crap, has the world turned upside down since then. Yeah. We both have promotions. Grace is in grad school. You guys knew that already. And oh my gosh, the world is going crazy because coronavirus. Yeah. Gonna try to only mention it that once during the show. Well, I have to mention it again during the box office talk. We are going to do a review of the latest Pixar movie Onward. Came out about two weeks ago. Is it Pixar or is it just Disney? It's Pixar. It is definitely Pixar. I think I missed the short. I was not expecting that. What was it? The Simpsons. Oh, you know what? I did. Yeah, I did Simpsons. catch it. It just wasn't memorable to me. <laughs> yeah. It was cute, but it wasn't memorable. Um, yeah. Before we get to the short, there's a little bit of news that well, a lot of news has happened since we've been gone. I just have to. Uh, I'm just going to pick out a couple of things. Um Toy Story 4 won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature, and I am pleasantly surprised. Last year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which should have won. It really should have. It broke a six-year streak of either Disney or Pixar winning Best Animated Feature, and I I was completely prepared for us to be in a world where Disney and or Pixar didn't rule that category. Because it's really been theirs to lose in the past, you know, 20 years that it's been a thing. Number one, I was shocked Frozen 2 didn't get nominated. Nominated? At all. I think it was... When was it released? It was released in November. So it w- it counted. Because it got nominated oh, wow. for Best Original Song. So that That's wasn't right. a problem. Eligibility wasn't a problem. It just didn't get nominated. I liked it. I did too. We will eventually do a review of Frozen 2. We did do a review, but technical difficulties caused us to not be able to post it. Just, you know, don't use Audacity if you're running uh, OS Catalina on your MacBook. Because yeah. turns out it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, also, it took us messing that up twice to figure that out. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully you won't be able to tell, but we've done this before. We'll- this is our second time recording an Onward review, so... <laughs> Hopefully uh, we're still as inspired. Yeah, I know I am. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, Toy Story 4 won uh, Best Animated Feature. I'm happy. Of the five, I would say I would recommend three of them. Uh, two of them being... Actually, I, I won't say I would recommend three of them. There were three of them that I really, really, really liked. Toy Story 4 being one of them. I appreciated what they did at the end of Toy Story 4. Did we even review Toy Story 4? It was so long ago. I was just thinking that. I don't think we did. I did see it. Um, I think maybe we did. we did it as a partial episode. 
I think so. I think that's what happened. We don't even know our own library anymore. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's, the, it's been so long. It's the gaps. But there's How to Train Your Dragon Into the Hidden World. Or How to Train Your Dragon, what? The Hidden World. Did you? You saw that, right? Yeah, I did. I saw it what in did theaters. You, what did you think of it? I love How to Train Your Dragon, the first one, which our podcasters, our listeners know. Since you're such a big fan, I would recommend it to you because it plays a lot on end of the trilogy syndrome. Same thing with Toy Story 3. Uh, same thing with the Kung Fu Panda franchise, maybe. Not so much Kung Fu Panda. I don't think I saw any of the Kung Fu Pandas. I recommend the Kung Fu Panda trilogy because it's very underrated. Is that DreamWorks? Also DreamWorks, yes. It wraps up everything well because all the How to Train Your Dragon movies, if you think about it, all kind of have similar plots. In the beginning, this is Burke. You open on Burke. This is Burke. There are dragons here. You're right. There are dragons here for good or for bad. And you're shown the status quo of how, what the dragons are like in relation to the village of Burke. Takes you through everything and then a villain or someone is like, dragons are bad or we're getting rid of all the dragons or I want to capture all the dragons. And then something with the status quo changes to either keep the dragons safe or something. And through the power of friendship, Hiccup and Toothless save the day. <laughs> and that is all the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Yeah. This one is no different, but I don't want to spoil anything. It's the same thing. And it wraps up the trilogy very nicely, and it wraps up the Hiccup and Toothless story very nicely. So it's, it's a little bit of the same story that you've heard already. So if you're a diehard How to Train Your Dragon fan, watch it for completionist's sake. To be in, for fans' sake, watch it. But it's kind of more of the same. Well, I've got a lot of time on my hands now. Oh, yeah. And I think it's on Hulu. So dive right in. One of the other ones was The Missing Link from Leica Studios, who has who have done Coraline and The Box Trolls and Kubo and the Two Strings. I like that one. Yeah, it's fantastically done. My favorite of those is always going to be Coraline until something knocks it off the pedestal. So weird. I've, you know, I've only seen that one a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked it because of how weird it was. Um, but yeah. I own it, and I really, uh, I was really shocked at how, like, kind of dark and scary it was. Well, not so much. Well, it was kind of dark and twisted. Like, I wasn't prepared for that in a, you know, a stop motion movie but it was a pleasant surprise and it's you know one of my all-time favorite animated movies but the missing link is was is i think it's the lowest or the least of Leica's movies so far and i was very surprised when it won uh when it won the golden globe for best animated for best animated feature and then i watched it and it's like is this it? Because I was expecting, you know, something on Kubo and the Two Strings level of storytelling or Coraline's storytelling or horror or, you know, just the vibe of Coraline. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't it. I mean, great cast. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. I think it's Hugh Jackman and Zoe Saldana. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's there. It's a great story. but Or it's a decent story. Sorry. It's great. The animation is good. It's just the story was just kind of eh compared to everything else that they've done. Also on Hulu, watch it if you want. I will probably not watch it again. 
the other two that I will speak highly of are Klaus and I Lost My Body. They're both on Netflix right now. They're both Netflix originals. Klaus is an original. I think Netflix just has the distribution right. I Lost My Body is a French film. It's all in French. It's about hour 90, maybe. Hour 90? Yeah. Sorry. Hour 40. Hour 30. <laughs> I think it's actually like out closer to hour 40. It's about a, a severed hand that is trying to get back to its owner. And it's kind of told in two, in two parts or in two places. It's told in the past and it's told in the present about how the the guy lost the hand like the story up until he loses the hand and then the hands the hand is the journey to find the owner and when they get back when they meet back up the movie kind of progresses towards the end and it's it's got a lot of it's got a lot to say if you're willing to you know sit and look for it okay and it's very interesting the animation is great it's it looks it looks traditionally animated i say that but everything's done on computers now, so I don't know which is hand drawn, and which yeah. is you know just animated that way, animated to look that way, because that's how Into the Spider Verse was. Yeah. The other one, Klaus, is a Christmas movie, and it's kind of an origin story of Santa Claus, but it's not about him. It is about the mailman who kind of discovers and befriends him. I was blown away. I was looking to see, I, I thought Klaus was going to win over Toy Story mm-hmm. 4, but uh, yeah, I think it, it was, I was so blown away. I think this is going to be like normal, re- like regular Christmas viewing for me. Yeah. I really want to see that one, especially after hearing you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, so we think that we recorded Toy Story 4 just briefly. What did you think about it? Do you remember? Give me a second to think. So I've never cared for the Toy Story movies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until Toy Story 3 came out that I really appreciated Toy Story 1. Mm-hmm. And really, like, after even a year or two of doing our podcast that I appreciated Toy Story 1 and actually liked it. Like, I appreciated the uh, revolutionary kind of part it had to play. Mm-hmm. But Toy Story 3, like, rocked my world. was so awesome. Toy Story 4, like, I liked it okay i liked the see i can't even remember her name not jesse with the sheep Bo. Bo. bo peep <laughs> uh i liked that bo peep uh was this like awesome feminist figure mm-hmm. um that was really cool to see but aside from that like it just didn't wow me i have to look at it in the context of the rest of the series and as a standalone as a standalone, mm-hmm. it was fine. I mean, it was... I won't say it was upper echelon Pixar, but it w- it was fine. Um, in the context of the rest of the series, it was a great coda without getting giving anything away. I mean, it's on Disney+, Plus, so I guess I could spoil a little bit of it. And I think I spoiled it already. Because th- we, we did do uh, an episode. I just don't remember when. Um, yeah. I think it was a good coda or epilogue for the finale that was Toy Story 3 mm-hmm. for Woody. Because I think we talked about it, the Toy Story franchise is about Woody. Mm-hmm. He is the star. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. it. I mean, I, I might sit down and look at it again now that it's on Disney Plus and now that I have a lot of a little bit of extra time on my hands. Mm-hmm. But uh, I may not. I, I don't know. 
the other bit of news that we have, and it's a little bit, it's only a little bit of news. Mulan has been pushed back indefinitely in light of, uh, you know, the worldwide pandemic that's going on. Is it just the release or the actual, like, it's already been filmed, right? Yeah, it's been filmed. They already had the, pre- okay. they had the U.S. premiere, too. They had the, oh, huh. Yeah, so people have seen it, which is, you know, it is what it is. Weird. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just the release has just been the the worldwide and domestic release has been pushed back indefinitely, along with a couple of other films like Black Widow. I just found out today that Black Widow has been Aww. pushed back. Uh, New Mutants, which was supposed to come out at the beginning of April, has been pushed back. I saw something today about um, about AMC or maybe one of the other ones. Starting to do where you can rent movies online. That's cool. What? Uh, let me see. Um, I am fully expecting for certain certain studios and certain theaters to be doing stuff like that. Because, um, like, they put Frozen 2 on Disney Plus way early. AMC Theaters Video On Demand. Oh. Uh, watch more movies with AMC Theaters On Demand. A world of movies ready at your fingertips. Okay, so I'm not sure if it's... Do you think that's... I'm not sure if it's new stuff. Okay. It might be stuff that just came out, maybe? Um, Find movies. You can find all your movie purchases and active rentals in your library. Let's go to FAQs. What are the benefits? No. It'll take around 60 to 90 days from when a movie releases in theaters to be on AMC On Demand. Man. What a tease. Yeah. Who needs another, like, we don't need another streaming service. We have Hulu, Amazon, um, Netflix, Disney Plus. Netflix and Disney Plus. <clears throat> and we can get HBO through, like, three of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or two of those. It is what it is. We're in the midst of the streaming wars. We're in the midst of the streaming wars and a pandemic. So, yeah. Nobody's going to have any, any income for anything. Nope. But, yeah, I hope... Um, I hope this ends soon so Mulan can be seen for better or for worse. I don't think I've, I don't even think they can release reviews yet. There's also probably an indefinite embargo for reviews. Whoa. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like, what is it? Is it like rated on, on Fandango yet? It's probably rated like PG or PG thirteen, I imagine, but. I think the way that'll probably work is like once every, hopefully once everything starts back up and there's a, a definite release date, embargoes usually lift on the Wednesday before a movie comes out because you have the embargo lift on Wednesday, midnight or early showings on Thursday, and then the wide release on Friday. That's probably what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. So those, those reviews are probably written. But people just need to... You can't know, send them. Yeah, just can't send them. We'll see. Mad props to Disney for hosting Frozen 2. Yeah. We, like, grazed over that earlier, but um, I thought that was a really... Well, they said it was going to be released on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, ahead joint... of time, and then they actually released it on Saturday. Yeah, that joint dropped, like, on Friday at, like, 6. Or, sorry, on yeah. Saturday at, like, 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that was a smart move on Disney... Um, I've been watching their stock and it's not great. 
Um, oh, Disney stock. Like, nobody's stock is yeah. great right now. Cause no, that's true. Freaking Disney I'm not even closed. looking at my 401k. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's rough. Man. We're not talking about it. We're talking about Onward. Let's talk about that Onward. Yeah. That Onward, though. Onward of Onward. Onward is Pixar's 22nd feature animated film starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Octavia Spencer, directed by Dan Scanlon, who also directed Monsters University. Yep. I guess I'll do the plot now, just to get it out of the way. Yeah, sure. Spoiler alert first. It's about uh, two brothers, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, who uh, go on a quest to uh, meet their father, finally. On Ian's 16th birthday, they receive a gift from their long-departed father and a spell to bring him back to the land of the living and oh wow kind of sounds like coco the way i put it <laughs> sorry these are not it's not, not the same it's very movies. different and they go on, also coco is prettier uh and when the spell goes awry they go on a quest to complete the spell and finally meet their father so the box office on onward as of now is uh about 61 million domestic it had the third lowest opening weekend for a Pixar film. And I, Understandably. I definitely think that is because of coronavirus. There's really no other way to say it. What was the release date? Uh, March 6th. Oh, yeah. So that was uh, that was my first work-at-home day. See? That is, so that it had was, already hit the U.S. That was the day when everyone was, going, was being sent home. But that's as of right now. It has made $100 million worldwide. It's sitting at about $103 million worldwide right now. So, another $100 million movie for Disney, or for Pixar. Kind of, not really. Yep. And it's sitting at a uh, an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 61 out of 100 on Metacritic, and a A-minus cinema score. That's where Frozen 2 was sitting at, so, I mean, it's pretty much par for the course for Disney movies. Still an A. Woohoo! And most Pixar movies, the good ones, all end up above about 85%. Yeah. So, like, the only ones that were lower than that were Cars. Uh, I think Brave was in the 70s. Um, Brave is that low? I think so. Let me look at the... Uh, I liked Brave. I did, too. Let me look at the... Uh, I liked Brave, but I definitely don't think it's their best. Yeah. So... Every movie ended up making at least $100 million at the box office. Uh, Cars, Cars 3, Good Dinosaur, Cars 2, uh, Toy Story 2. Well, actually, I'm not going to say it because Toy Story 3 ended up, sorry, the first Toy Story ended up making $364 million worldwide. So uh, in recent history, Cars 3, The Good Dinosaur, and... Uh, cars failed to hit 500 million everything else has including cars 2 cars 2 even hit 500 million but uh cars cars has a 75 percent on rotten tomatoes cars 2 has a 39 percent on rotten tomatoes brave has a 78 the good dinosaur had a 76 and cars 3 had a 70 everything else at least an 80 um do you want to start with characters Let's start with how we what you thought about the movie. Like, what did did you like it? Did you not like it? I did like it. I saw it this last Saturday, um, and was surprised at how many people were actually in the theater. Uh, there were probably at least 
45 or so, uh, which right now seems like a lot to be around anyone. Yeah. But yeah, I did like it. I, um, I always love when Pixar creates a new world and really, I think it does a really great job of doing that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, similar to Monster University or Monsters Inc. and Wally, um, it did a good job of doing that. And I, I, I really liked how, uh, the movie related a, really every aspect of life to what we experience in life, but it didn't call it out. It didn't uh, draw too much attention to it. Yeah, it was just normal um, slice of life. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciated that. And um, I thought it was a good, good adventure. I don't know. I liked it. I saw it uh, twice. I saw it the Thursday before it came out, just on a whim. I went and saw it after work. And then I saw it this past Friday. We're recording on a Wednesday. So I saw it a couple days ago. Um, I was not super excited about this movie. I was kind of uh, cautiously optimistic because all the trailers that I saw kind of reminded me of it. I kept telling my friend who was very excited for this movie. I kept telling him that it kind of looked like a DreamWorks movie, but with Pixar level animation. Yeah. Okay. You know what? To I could see that. I would almost say like I think the story is more Pixar level, but mm-hmm. the animation, like the look of it, almost felt a lot like. Uh, it almost felt like How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. An animation style. And uh, like I like the concept of modern world, or no magical world, magical realm, but with modern technology. Like they have planes, mm-hmm. they have smartphones, they have cars, mm-hmm. uh, they have motorcycles, but. Uh, it's you know elves and dwarves and trolls and minotaurs and manticores i mean i like the concept i was just i just wasn't sold on the um execution no i wasn't sold on how it looked until i saw it. i mean in trailers in trailers oh, it's yeah. supposed to get you hyped to go see it and i wasn't hyped yet yeah for me the i wasn't hyped about it until i went um well when they released the t- teaser trailer uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be super cool. Because all we knew was uh, it's this magical world and these boys are going to go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And I thought it looked dope. And then they, in the longer trailer, they introduced this whole idea that they're chasing after, uh, like, to meet their dad. And I was not as sold then. I was not as invested. Um, yeah. So I'm glad it it beat my expectations just because I wasn't so thrilled by the initial plot. Same. What I think they did well was not delving into like the jokiness of what it could be. It was just a normal mm-hmm. world. It wasn't throwing in your face like, hey, look at all this modern stuff in mythical times. When I went back the second time, I was looking to see what kind of sign gags I missed. There aren't that many. And if they are, they're super hidden and they're super fast. Because I was thinking about it, if you oversaturate the world with pop pop culture references and sign gags and allusion to things that already exist you end up with shrek because mm-hmm. that's exactly what shrek devolved into is a series of references and pop culture gags and it forgot about the story yeah uh any major dislikes i don't think so did i have any last time i don't think so uh, I really liked watching Ian's transformation of just learning uh, magic and, and Barley 
was so, um, he was kind of aloof, but he was so invested in this game called Quest of Yore. Quest of Yore. That was basically D&D. Um, and it turns out that all of the magic that they're experiencing is from this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really appreciated seeing kind of that relationship between the two brothers, um, their bonding through this magic. Um, and, and really like not seeing, like Barley wasn't resentful at all that Ian could do the magic. He was just supportive and super psyched and wanted to, uh, wanted to like be able to teach him, um, through what he knew about the game. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I think one of my favorite parts, uh, was towards the end, Ian's got the hang of this magic thing and he starts, they, at the last stretch of their journey, they need a raft and he blows up a Cheeto to be, a, a life-size raft. Mm-hmm. And I just, died like no one in the theater was laughing except for me <laughs> but i thought that was the funniest thing um and super creative and i appreciated stuff like that like i had a honey i shrunk the kids throwback to that because that looks like something that would be in like honey i shrunk the kids because yeah they have like the cookie and like if you watch that movie all of that is practical effects like they just built a set that looks like someone's yep. backyard shrunk down that's insane yep why doesn't Disney make movie like movies like that anymore? Oh yeah, because they have computers. They have Marvel money. Oh. <laughs> they have Marvel movies to make. Speaking of Marvel movies, let's talk about the story for a second. Now let's talk about the characters and the voice acting. Is that what you want to talk about next? <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> I'm just poking fun at Tori now. Stop it! Don't do it. Um, my two standout characters in this. Well, no, I'm not going to pick a standout character because I thought everyone did a great job. I couldn't listen to uh, Ian slash Tom Holland be awkward without thinking of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Because in the scene where he's trying to invite his friends to get cake, <laughs> mm-hmm. and because it's his birthday. <laughs> if you guys like cake the way I like cake, and like, oh my gosh. I would love to see, you know what, I, like, at some point... I knew that Tom Holland was Ian, and I knew that Chris Pratt was Barley, but I had forgotten that when I saw it, and so I just thought it was funny. But I would love to see behind-the-scenes footage of Tom Holland recording his audio. Yes. Like, I'm sure we can find that somewhere. I think he, he was just as awkward as Peter was in yeah. Spider-Man Home, Homecoming, and I couldn't focus. I'm like, this is just, they just took dialogue out of Homecoming, and- put it in this movie and you mentioned um how how uh, barley starts teaching him magic mm-hmm. and i got how and how he wasn't jealous about it it also reminded mm-hmm. me of the relationship between peter and ned and how when ned finds out that peter is spider-man he's not jealous he's just a fanboy and he's immediately super curious about everything and he volunteers mm-hmm. to be peter's guy in the chair and that's basically what Barley was, because mm-hmm. the conflict of the movie, while they're on the road to meet their dad, they get a spell. Their dad gives them a spell uh, and a wizard staff to bring him back for 24 hours on their way to get that because the spell goes awry and they have to find another Phoenix gem to finish the spell and get all of their dad. Mm-hmm. 
Barley is this character who has he's his mom said he's in the middle of a gap year and he's obviously the character that he's the brother that doesn't grow up is super into Dungeons and Dragons or Quest of Yore for this movie and he knows about this stuff and I like that Quest of Yore in their world is based on history mm-hmm. and he he takes it as gospel and for the sake of the quest that they're on it's best to listen to him and it could have been very easy for him to be like super jealous when he finds out that Ian is the he's the he's the magical person in the family because apparently it's like not everybody is has magic mm-hmm. not everyone has magic and Barley easily could have had the attitude that I've been into this my whole life you don't even believe in any of this why do you have the magic and I don't? He could have been very bitter about it. He could have been very petty about it. But he's a great character. He's a great brother in that he's super excited that someone in his family has magic and it's his little brother. Mm-hmm. And he kind of nurtures Barley and it's it's really great. And the conflict of the movie is not that, but it's that Barley is a screw up, air quotes, because Ian thinks that Barley is just a nerd that is super into this nerdy game that isn't real. And there are a lot of things that go wrong. And Ian, Barley comes down to the point of saying, hey, would you just listen to me? Because I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the magic has been real pretty much the whole time. Because, you know, there are spells and there are phoenix gems and there are manticores. And Barley has been right pretty much the whole time. And the conflict comes from Ian pushing against that. And kind of lying there's a scene where Mm -hmm. they there's a pinocchio scene where uh ian is kind of found out to be doesn't believe in his brother and thinks he's just a screw up and i think i'm I'm glad that they did that was so that scene was so heartbreaking it was it really was and i'm glad that they didn't have both of those conflicting ideas because it would have kind of over it would have overwhelmed the movie and I'm glad mm-hmm. it was one and not the other. Uh, I want to talk about Mom and the Manticore. I loved their relationship. I thought it was brilliant. Um, oh, yeah, I, she's great. Yeah, I, I love how the Manticore was... I mean, like, how heartbreaking is it to be this badass who wakes up one day and realizes that they've lost their spunk? Mm-hmm. That's so... It's it's heartbreaking when we see that journey and um, and see her, like, ferocity come back. And then I love when like mom's breaking all the rules yeah and sneaks the manticore away from the police and the manticore's in the back and yeah. says something like i'm gonna like you and it was like yes like i love their adventure and and it's it's hard like they they go through their own kind of trials and i really appreciated that and yes it was the story of mom doing anything for her boys but i really loved the bond between them and even like i think you mentioned last time their relationship Okay, I'm going to go out and hang with Manticore. Yeah, they both they both <laughs> kind of have the Manticore more than Mom, but they both kind of have a character arc. Like Mom, it, when you meet Mom, she's doing uh, aerobics. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like it, that pays off when during the dragon fight, dragon mm-hmm. fight, air quotes. And she's using the, you know, the warrior, the warrior lunges that she's that she learns. And then the manticore, I love the hero shot, the kind of, it's, it's kind of a hero shot where the manticore is flying and like pointing the sword. That was an awesome uh-huh. scene. But I think Octavia Spencer as the manticore is my MVP for the movie 
because I I am a Octavia Spencer fan, but we haven't had a vocal performance from her. Well, I haven't heard one because, like most people, I didn't go see Doolittle. Haven't <laughs> had a, a vocal performance from her since uh, Zootopia when she was Mrs. Otterton, and it's a different, it's a completely different role. Mrs. Otterton is kind of a a, a worried. A housewife and mother who's worried about her husband. The Manticore is someone in the middle of a. Can we call it a midlife crisis? Yeah, I think that's fair. She has the line that I opened the show with: "You have to take risks to have an adventure." She says that when she's at the height of her, her you know, Manticore days, when she is legend, the Manticore of legend, and when she used to hand out quests and maps and all the good stuff to get you know adventurers on their way. And she realizes as a restaurant owner that she is not that anymore. And Barley kind of calls her out on it. And she has kind of a a breakdown. Mm -hmm. And with the help of Laurel Lightfoot, who is mom, she gets her groove back, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, Octavia Spencer was just, you could tell she was having fun. Because the Manticore had most of like the funny lines. And I loved when she was drinking the Red Bull (laughs) and was just like, just so freaking amped. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then when oh. she stings the uh, the pawn shop owner in the neck, just like out of nowhere, <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh. I will say that there are I, – I like the movie overall. Let me say that. But I will say that there are some parts that were super cheesy, like the end when uh, the quest of the movie is to – for Ian, not Barley, Ian, to meet Dad for the first time. Because they set up mm-hmm. this thing where Barley only has three memories. In the beginning, he only has three memories of his dad. And when they're bonding, they're bro-bonding, there's the revelation that Barley has a fourth memory of their dad. And that is when his dad dies of an unknown illness he has the opportunity to say goodbye to his dad and he bails he completely whiffs on it and barley is kind of you can tell that he's kind of haunted by it uh i thought it was i thought it was very cool for ian to give up his chance to meet his dad for the first to yeah meet his dad for the first time to give barley that chance to say goodbye I think it's cheesy because Ian is a lister and he has this list of things that uh, he wants to do with his dad in the 24 hours. I'll get back to that. The 24 (sighs) hours that they have. And he kind of realizes that he's had his brother to do that with the whole trip and his whole life. I I did appreciate that aspect um, when he kind of figured that out that uh, I wasn't a big fan of the whole list Thing throughout the whole story but I did appreciate that he drew the connection between how Barley had supported him in all these ways and really become the primary male figure in his life yeah and I also liked I'm I'm not sure how I feel about Ian giving up that opportunity to meet his dad um, but I do really appreciate how Barley came back at the end to Ian to give him a hug and like and tell him um, and like shared how Ian was doing mm-hmm. with his dad and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I really appreciated that part because it could have been, it could have not been that. I got this on the second viewing, but I thought it was funny that 
Barley, the character voiced by Chris Pratt, has the same last memory of his father as Star-Lord, another character played by Chris Pratt in the MCU, has the last memory of his mother. Mm-hmm. Parent dying, doesn't want to say goodbye, runs out of the room. There's a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same same origin story. Yeah. But yeah, I love the I I kind of love that at the at the time I was like, that's really cool. But after a while I'm like that's good, but it's still super cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting yeah. it. I honestly wasn't expecting it. The whole time we're trying to get to dad, I want to see. I was like, which voice actor did they get for dad? I want to see the right. interaction between Ian and dad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I kind of I kind of like that they did it, but I do also recognize that it's kind of cheesy. What about music? I listened to this whole soundtrack, and it's it's kind of long. It's about 45 tracks. Oh geez, that's extensive. <clears throat> yeah, it's not all uh, like it's not all three minute tracks. Some of them are like you know a minute. Some of them are three minutes. Some of them are like forty five seconds. But uh, it was it was a decent soundtrack. I thought in the movie it was kind of heavy in some spots. But for what it was and what it was to the movie, there were some schmaltzy parts mm-hmm. where like there was the piano. There was the sad piano. Like when he realized that. It was his brother who, or no, when he walks away with his dad to kind of sit on the rock and, you know, all is lost. Um, But like right after that, there was a really heavy moment in the instrumentation where he's realizing that his brother has been basically his father figure the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, is that bad writing or is that bad mixing? Mm -hmm. Because it's super heavy. But uh, I kind of like the score. The it was done by Michael and Jeff Donna, who were who did the music for the Good Dinosaur, and it shows because I hear a lot of Good Dinosaur in the spots. I hear a lot of Good Dinosaur in some spots, but I also like that you can tell where you are in the movie because when it's a scene with Barley, you'll hear a guitar, you'll hear rock guitar happening, Mm -hmm. and it it really gives a lot of character to the movie. I meant to listen to the uh, soundtrack again, or no. I meant to listen to the soundtrack uh, because you'd mentioned it previously and I completely forgot to. Um, but I, this is one of those movies where the soundtrack just wasn't memorable for me and I'm really disappointed. I have a feeling that if I listened to it offline, I would um, I would enjoy it, but it's probably not something I would go back to listen to. Yeah, full disclosure, I cannot hum the theme from Onward. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I, I just say it. it is... Um, it does a good job, you know, being background to the, it's, there are some, there are exciting parts. There are sad parts. There are, yeah. you know, it, it's a, it's a very serviceable score, but I won't say, I can't say that I can hum the theme. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hum the theme right now. Yeah. Um, you had some trivia for us, right? Um, there's not that much interesting trivia, not outside of, you know, this is, Tom Holland's third voice acting role theatrically or um, this is Disney's you know first whatever non-franchise film because there have been a bunch of in the in, in this decade in the 2010s there have been a lot of sequels not that much original content there was Brave and there was Coco and then there yeah. was uh, Inside Out and then there's this there hasn't been that much original content lately from pixar yeah i'm excited to get back to original content from pixar me too um, 
as far as that goes, there isn't much outside of Soul, which I am very excited for. Oh my gosh, Soul looks so good. Soul looks great. Uh, yeah. I actually want to, like, dampen our uh, expectations a little bit. For Soul? Yeah. Like, you want to be excited, but not like... Like, you know that feeling when you get excited about a movie, and then you go in with expectations, and you're always, like, comparing what you're seeing back to, is this what I expected, or... Gotcha. I, like, I don't want to... I try and avoid that. Like, I... I don't know. I've gotten to a point... I love watching previews. I love... Like, I always love going to the movie theater in time to see all the previews. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as watching them, like, on my computer or something like that, I'll still watch them. But if I notice that something is giving too much away, then I'll stop. Like, because I don't want to... I don't want to see. I want... That's why know. I don't watch trailers for Netflix movies. Because... You know when you're on, like, do you have a smart TV, It gives Grace? you, like, the whole, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, okay, so when you're on Netflix and you're, like, kind of hovering over a movie, the trailer will start playing. It'll give you, uh-huh. It'll give you everything in the movie. And I'm like, no, because that happened, I was hanging out with some friends. And that happened uh-huh. one time, and I was like, no, no! stop, it's spoiling <laughs> everything. And I, they had to stop it real quick, and I was like, sorry, I, I'm interested in this movie, but I don't want everything spoiled for me. But, yeah, yeah I, I know exactly what you mean. But I think I like what Soul is going to, what it looks like Soul is going to be. Because it, it looks like it has a lot of what makes Pixar movies great. And I guess this is a good time to talk about where this movie fits in amongst the other 21 films from Pixar. It's weird to think that there are 21 Pixar That's films. A 22 lot. Pixar films. Pixar can drink. Yeah. Cheers. I think this is kind of in the middle of the road for Pixar, like middle-tier Pixar films, which isn't an insult. Middle-tier Pixar films is are still better than some of the best DreamWorks, Blue Sky, Fox, Leica movies. Mm-hmm. And something that Pixar, like the way I was thinking about it, the way that we classify Pixar movies are based on really emotional punch. Pixar movies have the capacity to beat the shit out of you. Oh my gosh. Like Wally. Inside Out. Coco. Inside out, I, I I cried at the end of Coco. Watched that thing three times. Cried two of the three times. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it'll make you think intellectually, like on the level of inside out. Uh and what I think soul is. I think soul is just another, you know, the next intellectual. Yeah, another intellectual step. It'll give you a great story with inventive ideas, like Toy Monsters Story, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Um, this movie, what if modern technology existed in a magical world? And then there's ju- there's good world building, like Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc. And uh, Ratatouille is one of the ones in the, like, what if a rat wanted to cook? That's one of the, mm-hmm. like, here's a good idea. Let's make a movie about it. But those are the four things that Pixar does really well. This is a really good idea. Really good. Oh, and then I guess the animation. Because the animation is really good. If you look mm-hmm. at The Good Dinosaur. Like that photorealistic, all the photorealistic backgrounds. God. The Good Dinosaur was 10? How long ago was that? It was a minute. 2015, I think. No way. Really? Yeah. November 2015. Oh, wow. I thought it was older. We've had six Pixar movies since then. Four of them sequels. When did we start recording? 2016? Yes. This will be our fifth Pixar movie that we've done an independent review about. 
We're getting off track. <laughs> yeah, we are. All the way off track. But, yeah, I, I think this is middle of the road Pixar, and it's not an insult, but it's like, it's like a bug's life. It's like, um, brave. I think it's, I, like, I think it's better, yeah. I like it, I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to seek out Onward to, to watch again. If someone suggested, I'm not going to be mad, but I'm not going to be like, hey, let's watch Onward. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I think I liked it more, I liked it more than A Bug's Life. I feel like Brave, I had a really emotional connection to, and I, like, I remember calling my mom afterwards. I had a really emotional connection to when it came out, and I think it was just, like, it hit me at that right time. Because I've watched it since, and I like it, but it's not balls. I feel like I like this better. Um... I'm trying to think about like it's definitely below Wally and Nemo and monsters and but what else? I'd say it's probably for me like right below Inside Out probably. Okay. Above Up because I didn't like Up. We've talked about it. And I don't think either of us liked Up. Yeah. And thinking about it and looking at this list, middle tier Pixar is extremely loaded and very subjective. Because depending on uh-huh. who you ask, like if I ask you, Toy Story one and Toy Story two are middle, are low tier Pixar. Yeah, I'd I'd put Toy Story one in middle tier just because of its influence. Yeah, and like impact to the industry. Two is definitely like bottom tier. Yeah, I think the low tier Pixar is just pretty much the Cars movies and the Good Dinosaur. But me, I'm one of those people that. I, I get the problems with a good dinosaur, but look at those mountains, man. It looks yeah. great. You know what? I feel like I've actu- I actually, I've had kind of a change of heart with cars once we started doing the podcast. Like, I didn't care for it before, um, but I actually didn't mind when I rewatched them. I kind of liked them. Two is still bad. Cars two, two still is bad. still bad. <laughs> is three the one? I don't remember. Clearly, I haven't watched them now. Is, is three what? No, I the one where he's like learning to race on a track with Doc. That's one. Is it? Yeah. No, not not like in Radiator Springs, but like the track or like the track that Doc learned on. Oh, that's three. That's three. Okay, I like that one. But yeah, I think yeah, I feel like this is this is probably middle. Okay. Not something I'm gonna like. I will watch it again, but it's not something that's gonna be on the top of my list. <clears throat> like. Wally and Finding Nemo and Monsters University and Monsters Inc. and Incredibles, the first one. Those are movies that I will, like, if I, I'm almost never actually watching TV anymore. I'm almost always watching Hulu or Netflix. But if I am, and it's one of those things where in the past, uh, like, if this was on TV, I would always leave it on. Like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that. I don't know if this goes into that category. Yeah. As far as Pixar going forward, we already talked about Soul, which comes out this summer. Fingers crossed that it comes out this summer, please. Yeah. Please. There have been four movies that have, I think, have release dates. Yeah, they have release dates. We just don't know what they're about. Yeah. And supposedly, they're all original, which I welcome. Which, wait, which ones? They don't have names. They don't, there are no names. Oh, there are just three in the works? Four in the works. Oh wow! I'm looking. I'm on Wikipedia right lot. now, and the release dates are June 2021, March 2022, 
and then June 2022 and 2023. Okay. And to be completely honest, I think one of those movies will flop. Just law of averages. One of those movies will be bad. (laughs) Maybe. Looking back, you have the list of all the Pixar movies up right now, right? Yeah. Looking back, there have been... So for a while, we were releasing one Pixar movie a year, and then somewhere after, like, number 10 or number 12, we started going to occasionally doing two a year. Is that right? Let me give you the... the, I'm not going to give you the dates, but I'm going to give you the years. Toy Story in 95, Bugs Life in 98, Toy Story 2 in 99, Monsters in 2001... Finding Nemo in 2003, Incredibles 04, Cars 06, Ratatouille 07, Wally 08, Up 09, Toy Story 3 2010, Cars 2 2011. Holy Bra- crap, Toy Story 3 is 10 years old? Yep. Oh my god. Brave 2012, Monsters U 2013, Inside Out 2015, Good Dinosaur 2015. June and November, respectively. Okay. Finding Dory 2016, Cars 3 2017, Coco November 2017, Incredibles 2 2018, Toy Story 4 19, and then onward in 2020. And then we're getting another one in Seoul, fingers crossed, in June. Which will probably be more like November. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be November. Most Pixar movies are either released in November or June. Okay, so there have only been two years where there have been two releases. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. What would you give this overall? What's your grade? I think I'd give it a solid B+. Plus. Yeah. I think it it yeah, wowed me. I... But like I said, I'm not going to seek it out again. I mean, when it comes on Disney+, Plus, maybe if a friend hasn't seen it, I'll be like, hey, let's watch Onward. But other yeah. than that, I, I think I'm good on this one. But it wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, I... I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was never a point in the movie where I was like, ugh, or like not wanting to be there, not interested and engaged. Um, I laughed a few times out loud. Um, I really appreciated the manticore and the the bond between the brothers and how different they were and, um, and seeing kind of that journey of how their relationship developed and bonded over this magic that came from a game. Mm-hmm. Um, which came from history. Yeah, which came from history. So, And I also like that tie. Like, that's just another thing that relates directly into our world. It draws that parallel to D&D. And maybe I'm speaking too far on this, but I feel like there's a stigma or a idea about people who play D&D. It's definitely like the nerdy bunch in our world. And so that's very much the bucket that uh, he's put into and I appreciated like seeing his depth and kind of seeing that magic play out and thinking about it maybe because I have a lot of nerdy friends I think there are a lot more people that play D&D or let me back that up I think D&D is becoming a lot more acceptable amongst people oh totally because well cause... and yeah and like same with WoW and like I when I first moved to Chicago, I lived with a friend's in-laws um, and they were in their mid to late 60s and they played WoW and like would meet their friends once a year for kind of a like tournament type thing. And uh, so, yeah, it transcends age and 
Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All bets were off when people were like, hey, I met my husband or whatever through WoW. Like yeah. that, changed, <laughs> that changed the game. People were getting married yeah. to people they met on WoW. And the same thing happens with D&D. Like, with the, Marvel, with the Marvel movies, when they started making, you know, hundreds and millions and billions of dollars, nerds rule the world now. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the highest grossing movies, the highest grossing movie of all time is a comic book movie. The nerds won. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And the second one is Avatar, which is Blue Cat People made by the director of Terminator. Nerds won. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Duncan Dizzy? Oh, yeah. Already there. <laughs> yeah. Tori and I need a little hype uh, to get this podcast going. This is recording it for the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the shot did the trick. Uh, so, Duncan Dizzy, mm-hmm. we're already there. But uh, for Onward, we had to figure this out on the podcast last time we recorded it. But now we have them. So, uh, drink anytime someone says a spell. Drink anytime someone mentions a magical creature, or drink anytime quests of yore is mentioned. Oh, I like that one. Tori just changed that as I was reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good call. I like that one. Got anything right. else? Um, no. I hope everyone is safe out there. I hope you guys have Disney Plus. There's a lot of content on there. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't had the time to watch. Mm-hmm. That I'm excited to get Did you to. watch the Forky stuff yet? I have not. It's on my oh list. Oh my gosh. Y'all, if you haven't watched any of the Forky shorts, they're weird. What One of my favorite things about the Z Plus so far is that, one, all of the Marvel movies, most of the Marvel movies are on there, but also all of the Pixar shorts and other shorts are on there. And uh, there's even this series of shorts about Forky from Toy Story Remember, I don't care about Toy Story that much, but there are these weird shorts of Forky, and I forget what it's called. For, maybe Forky Speaks the Truth or something? Forky? Forky Questions something. Forky Questions. Forky and Asks. They're like, Forky Asks. Something like that. Forky something Asks. Like that. There you go. Um, but they're like, they're real. Like, they're real, like, talking about love. Like, what is love oh from God. Forky? Uh, yeah. It's great. So, they're weird they're weird, uh, but I appreciate that they exist. So if you've got Disney Plus and you haven't explored, explored them yet, do that. I guess this is a, as good a time as any, but we've been talking and we're thinking about... We're actually... No, we've decided. We are putting together a Disney slash Pixar shorts bracket. Yes. Yeah. So in, in, in a similar vein to the original Disney versus bracket... We are going to put together a a shorts bracket, and we will we will pick the shorts. They're all on Disney Plus. We're gonna watch them and figure out which ones we want to, which ones deserve to be, you know, talked about, talked shit about, and eliminated until we find what is the best Pixar short. Do you have any just off the bat that you think are like up there? Oh man, I haven't watched Pixar shorts in so long, but I remember, um, like, I think Kitbull, Kitbull off the top of my head is a contender. I, I, I think I want to throw down right now and say Bao might win the whole thing. Oh, Bao uh, is good. I love 
like old school. And I've, to be fair, I've seen the older shorts more because they yeah. had, they were online. Um, but like, I love Jerry's game and I love for the birds. Oh my gosh. Um, I forgot about Jerry's game. It's so Jerry's funny. Game is OG. Yeah. I love bounding. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to do that bracket. It'll probably be, I don't even want to give a timeline because grad school. But yeah. um, it's going to take I us a minute to watch excited. everything and put it together. It'll take so much less time, though, because they're like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to go through the spark shorts. We're going to we're going to go through the uh, we have to create our bracket first. <laughs> yeah. We got to go through the short circuit project, the project short short circuit. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to go through. I think we should consider the cartoons with uh-huh. Mater. I mean, because there might be one or two good ones in there. You never know. Mm. But, <clears throat> maybe we'll see we gotta watch it we, we gotta figure it out but that's yeah. coming soon uh we will be hitting you guys soon with a disney with the second part of the disney songs bracket we have not forgot and we will let you guys know about other stuff as we uh as we decide to release them things are to- coming people things are coming yeah maybe in a long time but things are coming we we have plans we have plans the plan. uh, if you want to hear about the plans, you can follow us on most social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus. You can follow us on Twitter at Disney VS. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review and a comment on Facebook or uh, iTunes, we'll read it on the podcast. We don't have any new ones right now, unfortunately. Do you want to hype our friend who's doing a bracket on Facebook? Yeah, uh, I will uh, give a shout out to our good friend John Pickett, who is filling his uh, social isolation time and his extended spring break time <laughs> with doing some fantastic uh, podcast, not podcast, some fantastic brackets of his own. It's called, uh, it started as Disney March Madness, but now it's called All the March Madness. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and post the group on our regular Facebook page and maybe on the Twitter page. It's Go ahead and join it. It's it's great. Uh, he did a Disney, uh, just all-encompassing Disney. He did Pixar, Disney, and live-action Disney movie bracket. Started from uh, 128 movies, got it down to one winner, which was Mulan. I'm fucking... Why you got to spoil it? I, I mean, it's been a, it's been a week. I'm fucking furious that Mulan beat Lion King. Yeah, that's not real life. But nah, nah. Wait, what? I, I to, okay. To be fair, I missed like one or two rounds of voting. So the way that the site works on Facebook is that he'll post polls for each bracket, and then people vote, and then he moves on to the next one. And I feel like I'm not getting all of the notifications. So I've voted on what I see, but I definitely missed. I remember. Tori, it ended up being at one point uh, Lion King versus Beauty and the Beast, and Tori was like, "We've fucking been here before. We've yep. done this. I've done it I've already. Had this fight. I don't think I voted on that one. I think out of principle, I just didn't vote. I'm like, we 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 did it. I'm not going through that heartache again. <laughs> it was rough, but yeah, that's a it's a fun site to kind of break the monotony of. Uh, what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, he just did a uh, Disney Channel original movie bracket. I'm not going to spoil it because it just closed like two, three hours ago. Uh, but 
Yeah, if you want, go ahead and, uh, you know, if you want an invite, ask us on the page and I'll see what I can do. But yeah, if, if you can check it out, definitely check it out. It's going to be fun until this, you know, this pandemic ends. We all got to fill our time somehow. Yeah. We'll be podcasting as much as we can. We are now on Spotify. Thank you to those of you who have found us through Spotify. There are quite a few people that have uh, started listening. We have a couple of subscribers. Welcome to you guys. You got so much time on your hands. Go back. Listen to our back episodes. It it gets heavy. We have... uh, That's where the real... The the hard stuff happens. Yeah. When all all the yelling and shouting... We the real talk. Sh- yeah, all the real talk. I, I some questionable Can we do decisions. Highlight were made. Reel? <laughs> I mean we could. I could We'd have to listen through everything again. <laughs> you can also find us on Google Play Music where you can give us one thousand Tom Hollands, please. Okay, thanks. Uh, we got some other stuff coming soon. Everyone be safe out there. Wash your hands. Twenty seconds, twenty five seconds, thirty seconds, wash your hands. We've got a post coming up for you. Hopefully by the time this podcast is posted, we'll have a list of Disney songs to wash your hands to. Yep, it's going to be great. It's hilarious. We've put some stuff together already, and it was so much fun. We Yeah, it was great doing this together. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was silly. Because <laughs> neither of us can like help ourselves from singing along with these songs. Right? So it, we're like it was so splitting up the list. We split up the list, and then we were searching them and like singing... Mm-hmm. yeah it was great but uh until then be safe thank you for listening as always and we will see you guys next episode goodbye